Welcome to the Nest Podcast, a podcast that recognizes your struggles as a parent and offers advice on how to acknowledge your truth as a parent so that you can raise strong, independent children mindfully without losing yourself. I'm your host, Marilyn Medina, an educator, mother of three, and parenting coach. Here I will challenge you to get to know yourself better, support the trials that arise in parenting, and offer actionable advice that will make the journey with your child in your nest and their departure out of it significantly smoother. Hi guys, welcome again. I want to take a look today at what mindfulness actually is. I talk about mindful parenting, but I want to take a moment to kind of step back and define mindfulness as it applies here. Mindfulness has become quite a buzzword lately. It's thrown around in every self-help book you read, and there are a thousand podcasts and online classes about it. Um, I first learned about it personally about 20 years ago. I read a book called Slowing Down to the Speed of Life. It wasn't called mindfulness back then, but as I reflect back on it, a lot of the same principles apply. Uh, that was the first time that I'd actually heard about the fact that you could look at your thoughts or separate your thoughts from your reactions. Mindfulness is the practice of awareness and clarifying that awareness. Here's the hard part. It's about skillfully responding to that awareness. It's also the key to happiness. I know that sounds like a very bold claim, but hear me out. How many times have you splurged on a cupcake? You've gotten to the last bite and then realized that you didn't actually even taste it. So now you've wasted 300 calories and haven't savored it because you were eating it while you were scrolling through your phone or helping a kid with homework. As a side note, I would argue that that's the perfect time for carrot sticks. Save the indulgence for when you're really paying attention. Have you ever been wine tasting? The first sip of each new glass is the best. Why? Because you're really thinking about that sip. Hints of pepper, maybe some cherry. Who really knows? But it tastes different than the last one because you're paying attention. How many times have you gotten through your workout or your yoga routine to realize that you were creating your to-do list or figuring out what to make for dinner? Any trainer worth her weight is going to tell you to set your intentions before you work out and focus on the muscles that you are working at that moment. Guess what? That is mindfulness. Mindfulness is knowing your mind, discovering who you are without judgment by observing your thoughts, feelings, and reactions. For example, if you walk into the kitchen and go, oh, this is such a mess, you are creating a physical response of stress and judgment. If, however, you say, this kitchen needs to be cleaned, there is no emotion attached. It's merely a statement. If you take it a step farther, you will notice that the messy kitchen tried to elicit this negative response. By noticing your thoughts, you may learn something about yourself. I learned that I get super crabby when my kitchen is messy. So I made it, albeit an um, unemotional priority, to make sure that it's clean before I go to bed. And this sets me up for a more positive morning. 
think about this. How many times have you said, either out loud or in your mind, my child is so difficult? This is creating that invisible negative stress response. A subtle but extremely critical shift would be to say, I am super frustrated when she dot, dot, dot. So it's time to redefine the rules. This acknowledges your feelings and uses them as a learning tool to actually make some changes. When my kids were little, we used to call this Operation Crackdown. There would be, sometimes over the course of a few weeks, a buildup of frustration. At some point, I would get to the state of a near meltdown, at which point I would realize that we needed a little refresher on the rules. So because I had that self-awareness, I could calmly sit them down instead of losing my mind, dig through my brain for all of the little things that were building up to make mama crazy, and we could redefine some expectations. Of course, we had to kind of rein in the rules, toe the line for a little while, and peace would ensue in our house till the next cycle. But it was through the observation of the fact that I was getting frustrated and upset that allowed me the opportunity to be calm in this situation. Now, I am not saying that I was always calm. Absolutely not. But in my best moments, I could see that I was frustrated. I could identify it. I could pull the emotion out of it and be logical about what to do next. Mindfulness is training the mind so that it is less vulnerable. If you know your thoughts and pay attention to your reactions and define your values, as we discussed a couple of episodes ago, You are less vulnerable to outside influences and can make your own decisions that align with your highest self. We are less likely to be influenced by the media and by strong personalities when we ask ourselves how we truly feel about something. So as a side note, it's especially pertinent right now. If we have a vulnerable mind and we don't take the time to really investigate our thoughts and we fill this vulnerable mind with too much exposure to news and social media, we could possibly begin to doubt in humanity right now. So by being aware of our thoughts, we can build ourselves up to make decisions that are in line with our values. The third point that I want to make about mindfulness is that it frees the mind. So we're able to stop clinging to people, ideas, and things in our mind, which leaves room for new skills like better concentration, relaxation, and creativity. As moms, it's part of our job description to multitask. It is survival. I saw a meme that rang very true in my house. It was a picture of a man making coffee. He stood there and waited for it to brew so that he could pour himself a cup. 
In the same amount of time, the mom started the coffee, threw in a load of whites, fed the dog, watered the plants, and made lunches while throwing Cheerios at the baby and talking to her mom on the phone. Now, I mean, no offense toward men. In fact, in this case, quite the opposite. Don't tell the man in your life I told you this, but we could learn from him in this case. In the picture I just painted of the mom, do you think she could tell you everything she talked about on the phone? Or how many handfuls of Cheerios Junior just inhaled? Probably not. We do so many things without being mindful of what we are doing that we are missing out and we are less efficient. Wouldn't we actually be happier if we spent those few minutes while our coffee was brewing, sitting down, talking to our mom or making a Cheerio snowman with Junior? Isn't it more likely that we accidentally throw our favorite pink yoga pants into the bleached load because we're not paying attention? Don't throw your phone or send me hate mail. I know that sometimes we have to do 10 things at once, but merely being mindful that we are distracted is a good start. So if you have to do 10 things at once, be aware that you're distracted and be aware that you're not going to be the best listener at that time, or you're not going to be able to put forth the best dinner because you are making the choice to do several things at once. I would argue that mindfulness becomes even more critical when your kids are older. We want them to share with us. But if we are distracted when they do, they might stop. So if your kids come in every day and, and talk to you and share about their story, but you are scrolling through your phone, they're likely going to stop sharing. I would. I try really hard not to do this. And I do it at, at times. Everybody does. Um, but I make a conscious effort to try not to um, because my kids have called me out on this. One of them is convinced that I have Alzheimer's. And uh, so I politely confess to her that I don't. Um, but that I am often multitasking and I'm not always paying the best attention. And that's why sometimes she has to tell me four times what time she has to be at her friends on Friday. More often than not, I'm not physically multitasking, but I'm mentally trying to figure out how to get two kids to two sports at the same time replaying a conversation I had at work, calculating if this is actually enough ground turkey for our tacos while listening to her story. So even if you look like you're listening, sometimes you're distracted and have to really make an effort to pull your mind back in. That's mindfulness. My other little sweetheart informed me that I have a tell when I'm not paying attention Apparently, when I'm not really listening, I answer, true, true. And she says, yeah, that means you didn't really hear what I said, Mom. So I'm kind of appreciative that I have kids that will call me out so that I can do better. So if mindfulness is knowing your mind, training your minds, and freeing your mind, what are some ways that it helps your mind and your parenting. 
Well, for one, it can help with your reactions. It can help your reactions to be calmer. As I learned more and more about mindfulness, it became evident to me that in order to become a calm parent, it was imperative to learn to be mindful. For that matter, simply being a calm person, parent or not, mindfulness is required. Dr. Larry Ward said in a class that I just took, our brains are hardwired to pay attention to what scares us first. This is evolutionary. We have to pay attention to the possibility that there is a mountain lion on the trail rather than count the 17 bunnies that we have passed on the trail. That is what keeps our species alive. But we have to learn to look past fight, flight, or freeze as our main response. To find calmness, we need to focus on the bunnies. That's why gratitude journals are so popular right now and so very, very important. By consciously deciding to count the bunnies, we also see the squirrels and the woodpeckers and the frogs, if we're lucky, if we're paying attention. So let's apply this to raising teens. If we are expecting them to be mountain lions, we are constantly in a state of readiness for fight or flight. And let's be honest, it's probably fight. Guess what? Your body can get into this state in no time flat. You don't even have to be ready. Your body automatically goes physiologically to this state. So you don't have to sit ready to fight. The goal is to not live a life of reactivity. If you can stay away from the edge, you can mindfully go about your day in what trauma recovery specialists call the wellness zone. We can handle anything with the appropriate reaction versus the knee-jerk survival reaction, which for overreactive moms looks like yelling, screaming off consequences that are impossible to follow through. Can you relate to that? And saying things that you will regret later. Dr. Laura Markham put it perfectly when she said, parenting isn't about what our child does, but about how we respond. That's a really, really powerful statement. Parenting isn't about what our child does, but about how we respond. No one wants to yell or snap. Some of this happens because we are already strung out so tightly. Regulating our emotions is the most difficult part of parenting, and I'm going to tell you something now that might actually stress you out a little bit more. That is not the intention. I just want you to have some awareness. Our child's amygdala is still developing. This is the area of the brain that is in charge of processing emotion, behavior, and fear. If there is constant tension, this area of the brain will get more active, more worried, and more tense. The brain then learns a tension response and boom, you're in a cycle. As the parent, if we can live in a calm state, we can decrease the likelihood of that cycle. Another thing that mindfulness can bring to the table for us is some self-awareness. Mindfulness is really a learned practice because if self-awareness is a goal, 
It is really about examining your reactions, which are often led by your emotions, and asking yourself, what am I actually feeling about this? What is the feeling or emotion telling me about the direction that I'm going? Let's hear that again. Reactions are led by emotions. We need to recognize our feelings, not push them aside or try to change them. Allow yourself to be curious about your emotion. Okay, I know this sounds a little woo-woo, but stay with me. If you are feeling heartbroken that your child is going to be a senior in high school, acknowledge it. Feel it. Don't try to ignore it and will yourself not to be sad. Instead, take a moment to figure out what exactly is making you sad. What part of her being a senior is bothering you? Because I don't think it's the whole thing. Recognizing this feeling also offers up a connection with humanity. Clearly, you are not the only one feeling this feeling. And sometimes just knowing that you're not alone is helpful. We need to be contemplative, not always solution-based. Spend some time over the next couple of weeks when you feel a strong reaction to acknowledge that you're feeling it and ask yourself why it's so strong and then what you want to do about it. Maybe nothing. Maybe you're fine with that, but maybe it's an uncomfortable feeling that you don't like. So rather than hide from it or put food on top of it or have a cocktail Figure out why it's making you feel uncomfortable and what you want to do about it. So if you now have a kind of a general idea of what mindfulness is, you realize, I hope, the importance of being mindful while parenting for self-awareness and to control your reactions. But how do you apply this? How do you redefine your resting state to one of calm rather than strung out? There are literally thousands of ways. Down in the show notes, I created a link to my Facebook group and also to my newsletter where I shall share several different ideas, but I want to give you a couple of quick takeaways today. First, as I just said, when you have a really strong reaction to something, take a pause and ask yourself why. Are you really mad that the garage door was left open? Or Does it trigger a fear, either reasonable or not, that makes it important to you that the garage door is shut? Remember, reactions come from emotion. Identify what that emotion is and don't judge it. There are no wrong emotions, but knowing what they are triggering can really help your kid not get yelled at. Second suggestion is to start some practices that are going to help you to live in a calm state most of the time. This is going to take practice because remember, your body is used to being ready. It's being ready for fight or flight. So if you can retrain that to be calm most of the time, you're going to react better. You're going to respond versus react. So perhaps it's time, if you haven't already, to start a gratitude journal or meditation or other calming activities. Again, there are more suggestions for you in the notes and more in later episodes. 
My third suggestion for you today is to slow down. Be mindful when you're doing things. Trust me, I know this is hard. I raised three kids, remember? But I also know that it's insanely valuable, not only for your sanity, but for your relationship with them. And you're going to become less forgetful as well if you slow down. Fourth, get to know yourself. Know what triggers you and why. Know what brings you joy. Know what your values are. Know yourself. Finally, I want to share with you a practice that I learned from Dr. Ward. It's important that the first time that you do this exercise, you're calm and content. So this is not the time. Wait until you're feeling pretty calm in your life. Once you're feeling calm and relaxed, bring into your consciousness something or someone that brings you great joy, a sense of calmness and peace. Build on this image to include all of your senses. What are all of the visual details? If it's a person, what are they wearing? What are the color of their eyes? Are they holding anything? If it is a place, what is above you when you look up? What is next to you? What is under you? Maybe it's a pet. Add details of what you hear, what you smell, and even what you feel when you touch. Take some time to really build this into a comforting picture. Because you're building a reservoir to pull from the next time you need to feel calm and grounded. Practice this for several days when you're already in a calm state. Then you'll have it to draw on when you need it, when you're not in a calm state. So by attaching this person or place to your feeling of calmness, when you are stressed out, you can then pull on that same memory and your body will automatically feel that sense of calmness. Have fun with this. Paint a really, really detailed and fabulous picture. Thank you for joining me today. Hang in there, Mama. You got this.